Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts to Change Arthur. James, you were saying we were saying at the top that you uh, you don't think you're very good at telling stories. Mm. Man, you, you're class. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I was I was saying to you, I think it's the way that you ask questions as well. I haven't done thousands of interviews. Granted, not many long form. Like yeah. I think I'm, I think probably I'm better in this this kind of format because um, like. You get, you get to the point where a, a lot of interviews I've done in the past are like part of these big junkets and they're like 15 minutes long. And like, I think when I feel like I'm not being authentic, I just completely shut down. How's that? And so if I give an answer about, and a lot of the time it's, so how's life been since the X Factor? And you're like, well, it was 11 years ago. And I, I can't give you an authentic like answer to that. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I think it's testament to how you're asking the questions. Uh, yeah, because... X, I mean, if you if you mention it, X Factor was a big part of your life, and I also also appreciate with stuff like this is that I did Made in Chelsea, right? Mm. And um, very different to you, where mm. you were gigging and doing music and all these different things leading up. Yeah. I had done no entertainment, and then I go yeah. and do a TV show, and mine was a complete shortcut into yeah. this amazing industry of whatever it was. And I I always wanted to be a presenter, always wanted to do these kind of things. Yeah. The problem with taking the shortcut, which I did, is that then everyone just talks about it forever yeah well you're this. For, for me they did anyway mm-hmm. and I for a short time rejected that mm-hmm. got irritated I was like well I'm more than that yeah. I'm more than this I'm more than that and then actually you know in the past years I've done a role reversal where I've gone actually that's my story yeah and I'm cool with that yeah I'm totally cool and I respect and I'm glad that I did all these different things. Did you have that same thing with X Factor? Yeah no absolutely yeah I, I definitely changed my tune um well, because, you, you know, you've got to, I suppose, when you, like, exercise gratitude and think, like, how great it is to have all the things that we have, you've, you've got to think of the origin story. And, like, without without the X Factor, without that platform and, and without Simon Cowell, you know, you know, anyone that kind of backed me and, and has helped me, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. And um, So, yeah, no, I... Because I had the famous story where... Yeah. You didn't have any money, as you said before in part one. Mm. You were in your bed sit and mm. wasn't your your mum lent you the money? Yeah. Yeah. To to go and audition for the X Factor. That's right, yeah. I was I was I was in the said bed sit, uh, and I'd I'd been without I didn't I didn't have electricity on for like a few days and any of my fans listening to this will have heard me tell this story a million times. But I um I never wanted to ring my mum or dad, just out of pride, you know, just I wanted to kind of figure it out myself, get a gig or something. But the gigs had probably dried up at that point. Uh, and I was, I was pretty depressed because I thought, like, I'm the right side of 25, but, you know, it's not happening. And um, partly because I needed the money because otherwise I'd, be, I'd have been, you know, um, sitting in the dark for another couple of days. <laughs> Are you literally uh, sitting in the dark? Yeah, genuinely, yeah. Sitting yeah. in the dark? I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never forget that moment. That's why I'm always, I'm, I'm, like... You know, I'm not good at patting myself on the back or taking stock of how far I've come and stuff. But when I try and pinpoint that moment where it was like as shit as it can get, it was that. It was like, you know, I'm as soon as as soon as the sun goes down, I'm sitting here with no lights on. 
Just nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that was that was a bit shit. But anyway, so I, like I, I, I love how you said it's a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit shit. I, so so like you know, I got in touch with my mum and said, "Mum, look, I need. Can I leave? Can you borrow as a tenner?" And and it was hard for me to do that. And she said, "I will, son, but you've got to." But X Factor are doing like these mobile auditions where they're traveling around kind of more rural parts or more insignificant parts of the country and uh, they're in Middlesbrough. So if you go down, they'll give you the tenor. And I was like, all right. And and I, I kind of was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to tell her I went and they rejected me. But I got into the queue and like, I thought, let me just see if like, maybe I'll get some good feedback or something. And it was like a little tent in the middle of the high street. And um, I've I, I waited for I've waited for hours. Actually, I, I left a couple of times actually because I thought, "Fuck this!" But yeah, something something kept me there. Thank God it did. What do you think kept you there? I think because you didn't care much about the fame. You like, you, yeah. you, you you loved music. Yeah, you knew you were good at it. Yeah, your mum would give you the tenor anyway. What keeps you there? I think I was probably just looking for like a sign that like I was. Again, probably the like I'm, I'm good. At, I, I, I want someone to tell me. I want that. someone to tell me that I'm I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I sound so sad now, but um, it doesn't sound sad at all. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, man. It was it was just. I think it was just that, and and um, and I got there and I sang, and um, I'll never forget a, a, a lady called Emma Casson, who I became good friends with on, on the show, um, the producer on the X Factor. She was the one that heard me sing, and. Um, and she and I was one of only two people that day that got a slip to get to the next round. You get that slip. Yeah, I get the slip, and um, and yeah, like you know, I, I guess it was the people around me that encouraged me to go to the next thing. It was like in Liverpool, and you see some producers there, and um, I saw Emma Casson again, and she was obviously a champion for me behind the scenes, and mm. like, and I could I could see like the other people in the room kind of be like nodding at her, like, oh, he's good. And then, um, and you're seeing that, and then so you get this little that, like, oh, sparks. Great, okay, great, yeah. So I'm starting to think there's something, there's something happening here. And then a few months go by. I'd lost my bedsit, by the way. Like I couldn't afford to pay the rent on it anymore. Oh, so God. I was at that point. I was sleeping. <laughs> this is so hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where are you sleeping? I'm sleeping on my mate's couch. Um, and uh, yeah, like I was just like sofa hopping at that point. And uh, like, but I was like, I, I was. Um, just carrying a bag with you with everywhere. Yeah, pretty guitar much. as well. Yeah, well, yeah, a little guitar from a charity shop because I, I sold a lot of my guitars just for for money. Like it was just yeah, it was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Um, and how, and and sorry to because there's so many questions here. And and you're making a little bit of money by gigging, and that's really it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's not many in that area. There's not many gigs to be had. You know what I mean? It's just, just sort of like the odd, like I said, the odd pub gig, and you can go do covers and stuff, but. Like I always thought of myself as a real artist, so the pub gig thing was wasn't that fulfilling either. Because it was yeah. like I want to play my own songs, and no one, you know, people didn't really care about that. But you know, playing covers probably helped me in terms of the premise of the X Factor because it made artistically me, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. Because because you don't want to just play covers; you want to play your own shit, and you know totally. it's good and it feels good. But people don't know who you are, so therefore you're playing random yeah. music in their eyes yeah. to a crowd. To artistically, like it's frustrating. Yeah, it was frustrating. One of the good things was is that I think why I did well on the X Factor was because I, is that I'd kind of learned to I kind of became quite good at reinterpreting other people's songs and making them feel like I wrote them. And that was a lot of the sort of positive feedback that I got when I was on the show. Was like, oh, I felt like you, James Arthur, they used to say, like things like that. Like mm. that, I felt like you wrote that song and and, um, and people like saw the artistry and stuff like that. So, so yeah, doing the pub gigs, like, you know, helped me kind of 
get my chops up in that sense. And then you do it, you win the X Factor. Yeah. And um, that, it's a pretty big moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. For you. And life changes, what happens? You, mm. you say it's funny that you, you get to the top of that mountain. Mm. Yeah. You start, you know, sometimes what happens is when you do something like that, you almost feel... Numb. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it felt. It was like, I, I, I remember hearing the, and the winner is, and then my name, and I was like, there was nothing. There was absolutely not. It was such a weird thing. I was just kind of like, right, I thought this would feel different. I thought I would finally be good enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you don't. And then that was like the beginning of, of my downfall, really. Um, because then it was a like, okay, I, I've made it now. Now I have to figure out what it is to be this guy that you always thought you wanted to be and um and my and to be honest there was more there was more peace in my old life because I could escape from like the trauma and the self-doubt and all these things that kind of weighed me down in life and of course I had no expectation before before all of that before winning the x factor and and so I felt the weight of of so many things and, and that's the and that's the that's the north star mm. so even though you're almost going towards that. And so you've got almost more of a purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, exactly. That is like, okay, you've, you, you know, I always thought my purpose was to be this. And, but the weight of it was just, was quite, was quite heavy because I put a lot of pressure on myself to, right now I've only won this. I have to be the best one ever to win this. I have to shake the tag of being an X Factor winner and I have to carve a career out for myself because so many people end up on the scrap heap. And of course I did, I did like it, it was trending in that direction. A year later, I lost my record deal. I'd got into a lot of controversial, there's a lot of controversy and like, you know, uh, and it felt like it was over. Once you lose your record deal after winning the X Factor, like how many people do you see uh, come back and, and have a career? It's, it's, it, ne it literally never, ne happened. It's never happened. Not, on, not only that, you know, um, why, why did, because, I mean, I just want to give you some stats, just so you know, and I got it down here, is that you have sold 2.5 million copies uh, worldwide with your, uh, is that, that's with your single, just with your single. That was the, that was the, the X Factor winner single was the biggest selling. 2.5 million copies worldwide. Yeah, yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was, that was a big tune because, Normally, the the winner song doesn't doesn't travel outside of the UK, but it was number one in about thirty eight countries. That is it? nuts. Yeah, it was. It was. And bananas. you're still feeling numb. And I felt, yeah, I felt I couldn't really, I couldn't, I felt desensitized. I think, and that went on for a long time. Like, like anything good that happened, I, I couldn't really process it. Or that feels like burnout as well. Yeah, there was a lot of that as well. There's a bit of burnout as well. Um, and yeah. I, Thing is, 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 is part way through the X Factor, I had this huge panic attack, and the doctors put me on a bunch of medication to get me through the show, and so I was a little bit numb from that as well. I look back and I was like, I don't know how I managed to get through that. Process. Was that your first panic panic attack? It was like my first major panic attack where I, where ambulances were called and I thought I'm dying oh, and all that kind God. of shit. And uh, it's just because it was all it was all a bit more like I say, it was like the contrast from bedsit to national tv in front of it was it was at the peak of its powers when i was on that show you know is, I mean? yeah, it was like 12 million people a week were watching this stuff so when did the panic attack happen it was week two of um the live shows 
And um, oh my god, I, 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 have yeah. you spoken about this before? Have you said this before? Um, a little bit, a little bit, not not too much. I haven't touched on it too much, but um, it was. But it, when we talk about panic attacks as well, right? Mm. It's, I, I again, I just want to relate it to me, just because I think it's easier for maybe you to talk about. And realize. Yeah, I many people have had different panic attacks and stuff like that. Um, I remember I was doing Made in Chelsea and I've said this on the podcast, but one of the reasons why I started this podcast is to mm. talk about that kind of stuff because I was like, what the frick is going on with me? Yeah. Um, I was uh, watching a TV show and I had a big night the night before. I wasn't looking after myself, but it was, again, this sort of battling social media and this whatever I was doing yeah, and yeah. not knowing what the hell is going on and mm. had this panic attack. And people talk about panic attacks sometimes. I think maybe I was thinking, oh God, I think I'm going to have a panic attack. When you have a... Panic attack. Yeah, yeah, you know about it. You freaking know about it. Yeah, yeah. Same as you, felt like I was dying, mm -hmm. went to hospital. You never think normality is going to resume again. Yeah. That's exactly it's, it. It's, you feel like you've lost, like what? Like it feels like someone's pressed a switch. Yeah, yeah. This and suddenly it's just, and I just, and it, it, my whole life changed. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine mm. what it must be like having a proper first big panic attack while doing the live shows. Yeah. It's funny because it felt like it was bubbling. It felt like it was like sort of that this anxiety was like operating at a subterranean level. It was just it was like I was like a it was like a pencil that was just about to, you know that snap. Yeah, it was like it was like that for a while. That tension and like just me overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. Like fuck, this is it. This is my chance and all that kind of stuff. And then that day, I felt I just felt ill. I just felt really sick. And I was, funnily enough, I was doing the song No More Drama by Mary J. Blige, which was its actually my best performance on, on the whole thing. But like I was battling in my head whilst performing that, like, don't fall out, don't die, don't like have a heart attack right now. Uh, and it was, it was a weird, and then I got off stage and I was like, I, I'm going to die. Like I've, but you know, you, you've been yeah, through it yourself. You, you really believe it. Like You think you're about to die. You're like, yeah, you catastrophize and, and um, it's, it's a bizarre thing. And anyway, that went on. That went on for years after that. My life wasn't the same ever again after that. And, um, Isn't it crazy how it yeah, does that? Yeah. And did you talk about it with anyone really or say anything? Did you, you didn't have therapy? I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of it. I was just like, I'm not right. Like you say, you just like, I, this, I'm broken. That's how it worst. feels. Yeah, you feel like you've lost, you've lost the plot. And also, but you also don't want to say that because you don't want anyone to think, you know, he's fucking mental. Because all of this is going to go. Yeah, it's all going to go. And you, yeah, exactly that. So I had to kind of like, you know, do a bit of acting as well and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. But inside, I'm, you know, I was, I was losing it. And so it's funny that I actually made it through that. I probably should have, like, yeah. been pulled out or something. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Our lives are different in so many different ways, right? Mm -hmm. But in some ways, so similar. And people listening, oh, so, listening are so similar. What I did was when I was battling with all this anxiety, because again, I didn't tell anyone. Yeah. I, I thought I was going crazy. I used to say to my friends, do you ever feel nervous? Yeah. And they would be like, what yeah. do you mean? I'd be like, I don't know. The yeah. way I describe it is I was living in constant fear, like all the time. Totally. It's yeah. awful. You're in a perpetual state of fear. And, and do you know what it's funny you say about like speaking up and just asking questions and that's that's something I didn't do for a really long time. And that, that's why I'm such a, 
I guess like people say like, why, why are you an advocate for the mental health thing? Why do you spend so much of your time talking about it if it's so triggering and all that kind of stuff? And I think it's because like, I felt so hopeless and felt like there, was, there, there wasn't an answer. I was, life was never going to be the same again. I was going to be miserable forever and always have these panic attacks and blah, 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 and was probably going to die. Mm. All the most like fucking irrational thoughts you could imagine. And, and, and the thing that honestly like put me on that ladder back to you know, being in somewhat good mental health was just, was just giving it a go. Like just, okay, I'm going to try and explain what the fuck's going on in my head here. Mm. I'm going to just try, I'm just going to try. And the minute I did that, like so-and-so went, yeah, I feel like that sometimes. And someone else went, yes, yeah, echo, I, I get, yeah, I get like, that. Huh? The echo what? chamber. Yeah. And he's like, oh my God, I'm not, al- I'm not on my own here. And that is, that's it. I think that's the first step is, it's only taken me years to get here. Yeah, to say and it's it. like, it's, yeah, exactly. And then there's obviously therapy and medication. Every, everyone, you know, needs something, has a different kind of toolkit that they need in order to. I drank a lot. Yeah. The worst. Yeah, yeah. Did I, you do that? I smoked an ungodly amount of weed. Yeah, yeah. I, I was the. I smoked weed every day for like 10 years. So. <laughs> That's not good. Well, I, was smoke, I smoked it a lot before, but yeah. like. For, yeah, probably about seven years after, like... I, Not godly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, a lot of weed, a lot of weed. And... Um, That's not good. That's going to No, make it just it made it worse. The paranoia made it, made it worse. And, yeah, drink, drinking and stuff like that, you know. Um, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just... Scary to think what the mind is like back then, right? Yeah, it, 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 it yeah. And then, and then what happens is, is that you then get dropped by your label as well. Yeah. No one knows what's happening internally. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're just seeing this person on the outside. Self-destructing. And self-destructing yeah. and then it's just a bit like, and no one's looking at anything. Mm. That must be pretty horrendous because you were then signed by Columbia, right? Yeah, so I spent two years without a deal and um, and it was, uh, yeah, it looked things looked pretty bleak. And then, thank God, um, Sony Columbia in Germany, they gave, they they took a punt on me and were like, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, um, we'll sign you and you can go and write an album. And so, so that was kind of, I think that was about like 2014, 2015. So I'd spent a couple of years being fucking suicidal because I thought yeah. my life was over. And, uh, can I ask just a really deep question and mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to answer how you're obviously going through horrendous anxiety, depression, things like that. Mm. How close do you think you were to taking your own life? <sighs> Incredibly close. Yeah. Very, very close. Um, yeah, no, I, I did. I did not want to be here at all because the the thing that I'd worked towards my whole life seemingly was gone, and was, was there was zero chance of it coming back. You know, one in a, one in a million chance of it coming back. I, I think just again that belief that I talked about earlier, that belief that I had something, and I'd seen like I'd seen people be moved by what by my by my art, I suppose. And uh, it sounds a bit wanky, but like, I, I, I thought like, maybe I've still got something to offer. And like, had, had they not come and signed me and said, we'll give you a shot, I don't think, I probably wouldn't be here, I don't think. Um, really? Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think I would have, yeah. I could, just because of all the other stuff, like, you know, like the, the abandonment stuff I'd, we hey. talked about, just it was all compounded by, you know, by then losing the one thing that gave me meaning I suppose like or gave life meaning for me and so um so yeah they gave me a shot and and I wrote a song like I, I really like, I think I think I do my best work when I I've got something to prove and I had a you know I'm gonna I'm gonna 
And I started like kind of doing that man manifestation thing and I was like, I'm going to make a comeback. And it, everyone, I could see everyone around me thought I was deluded. They were like, yeah, but no one does. And everyone thinks you're a fucking bellend and, and you know, Twitter hates you. All this kind of, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to make a comeback. I'm going to get back on it. I'm going to come back and perform on X Factor. I'm going to get re-signed to it. All the, and, and I just started putting it out there and, and I didn't care whether people thought it was ridiculous or not. I just started saying it. I think... I must, have, I must have manifested it because on this songwriting tour that I did, I wrote a song called Say You Won't Let Go, mm. which is a simple love song that took me about an hour to write and it's just an honest, authentic story about love. And that song changed my life and is, is, is um, yeah, like I dropped that song and, and uh, it went to number one and it was just like this miracle story. It was like this. Unbelievable. It was just like, how, the, how is this? It was like a pinch me moment. It was like all within a week, that went to number one. Simon Cowell calls me and says, we want to sign you back to Psycho. <laughs> Does he actually phone you up? Yeah. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, yeah. Simon yeah, Cowell. He was like, look, I didn't want to drop you. Like, it was just like the pressures of the media and all this kind of stuff. It was, you know, we, we couldn't be seen to be condoning like, you know, how you were behaving at that time, and which I completely understood. So Simon Cowell rings you and he says, because the press and media stuff like that. And mm. so he then says, we want to re-sign you. Mm. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, what the... Yeah, and not only that, we want you to perform your, your hit single on The X Factor. So it was just like massive. It was just like this crazy underdog story because nobody thought I was making a comeback. And what is the numbness doing at the moment? When, when you get that call, what are you feeling? Because... Uh, are you feeling more energized yeah. and better? Well, I actually felt something at that point, but it, it, it was still it was still anxiety. But it was <laughs> but it was a, it was a different. I guess it was a, in a different. It was a different form. It was like okay, what's going to fuck this up? And so like, I had this thing for like probably like a year after that, where I was like, what's you know something bad's going to happen? Um, and so like I did I did kind of enjoy it more because I was like I'm going to actually you know appreciate what I've got here. And uh, but yeah, there was like you know there was a lot of Still, a lot of anxiety about, you know, whether or not it was it was, it was gonna real go. or not. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, but I think. Do you know what? There's a, there's always a saying, right? Which is I don't know whether it's a good saying or a bad saying, but it's something along the lines of God always, it God tests the people who can handle it most. Yeah, yeah. And Daisy, I mean, dude, I think you've been. <laughs> Sometimes you're literally like, shit, where's my, mm. where's my life? But that, that moment there, you, mm. you, you, you write your song and it goes to number one and then yeah. you're back. Now. And, and now, I mean, would you say now that you're, you're proud of yourself and what you've done and what you've achieved? I, I find it hard to say, I find it hard to say good things about myself in, in, in that sense, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud of the resilience that I've shown. I think. Mm. Um, I like always feeling like the underdog. I think. I, I, I like that feeling. I still feel like it now. Because that gives you the hunger. Yeah, I still feel like I have to work twice as hard as other people. Like I said, you to get played on the radio and and things like that. And uh, be, again, because of probably like his, history. Um, and and yeah, that that kind of that kind of keeps me going. But yeah, I'm proud that I'm still uh, that I, I keep going. Because um, I think I'll forever. I think anyone that suffers with depression or or anxiety or these things, like you, you probably have to accept that you're forever gonna. You just got to live alongside that. It's not going away, you know. And you're gonna have shit days, and it's gonna be. It's not gonna be smooth sailing for people like us. Um, How are your days now? 
Well, since since having a daughter, since having a kid, um, I like I had a bit of a like I call it like an ego death, I think, and uh, and it's. It's really, it's really changed me. Uh, my perspective's changed on life. I, I, again, like I've always been like, c- kind of like trying to be, you know, I, am I good enough now? You know, it's, it's, it's always been that pursuit of like recognition and validation and stuff. And, and um, I've never been out of a cycle of like doing a project. I've never stopped working. I've just always been working towards an album or a single or something. And, yeah. and when, when things don't go well, I'm like, I don't feel, I didn't feel like I have anything else outside of that sometimes. And I suppose ha- having a kid, like, it just makes all of that kind of, it makes it all seem silly, really. Does it, it really? Yeah. It just feels like, you know. Because um, it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. None of it matters. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Because now I'm responsible for someone who's much more important than, than me. And, uh, and I care way more about whether she's okay than whether I get a number one single or whatever. Of course, I'll, I like number ones. <laughs> and, I, and I do want them. Yeah, yeah just going to say, yeah, I just kind of want just, her to yeah. be okay and get a number one. Just in one. case Radio <laughs> 1 are thinking we might not support his new single. Probably won't. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, yeah, it's just made me like, it, it's all those kind of subconscious worries and stuff that you have. They just all kind of go away, I think, a little bit. And, um, and at the end of the day, she, she's there and, and, and that's, that keeps me... Yeah, happy, I think. Talked about the new music and the tour. Mm. And uh, do you, are you feeling at the moment that, I mean, you're going on tour and mm. that, it, 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 you know, you've got your daughter at home, but that must be super exciting to look forward to. It's, it's really exciting, yeah. Um, and, and, and it's been incredibly, uh, it's been incredibly rewarding. You talk about being proud of yourself and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm really proud to say that, like, that tour just... It's just flown, like it's just they're sold out in you know in, within a day or two. Isn't that crazy, uh, man? And and the last time I did an arena tour, like it, it, just quickly recognize yeah. that. Okay? Yeah, yeah. How, it's sold out within a day. Yeah, it's bonkers. You, Europe and the UK, are like we 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 we're putting on a world tour next year, and um, I get, I probably expected it to like take a couple of months to sell out fully, and like within a couple of days, it's just like there's no tickets left, and it's like. What the- so that's just that like that is crazy it, for me. I guess when you think about that guy who like played in the pubs and stuff, like yeah, to be an arena act in, in the UK and and in Europe, and um, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna. It's just that that is um, when you go out amazing. there into an arena and you look around. Mm. Is it is it now for you um, muscle memory, or do you just still go holy shit? Oh yeah, you still you still go holy shit. Yeah, it's still it's still. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to picture. I was actually like picturing that moment. Yeah, actually, get into that moment when you walk out there and people yeah. are singing your songs back to you, and you've been through, mm. you know, trouble in childhood and being yeah. in bed sits and getting in fights, being dropped from a label, and now you're you're back and you're selling out arenas within days, and yeah. you're standing there and people are singing it back to you. That is a freaking great feeling, man. Yeah, that, that if, yeah, it feels like uh, it feels like I hate this same. It feels like a movie. <laughs> you know, it yeah, feels, it does feel like the kind of yeah, it's a redemption thing. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. Like, the, like you mentioned, the singing singing your songs back to you. Thing. Is it insane? It's it's fucking unbelievable. Is it really? It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my god! It's unbelievable. I mean, you see like these kids that like maybe were like like me and felt felt hopeless, or, yeah, or broken, you know. And they're like they they're finding a home in your lyrics and your songs. It's like 
you know, that that gives me goosebumps, man, to say. But yeah, I swear to God, that's what it is, man. I, 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 I truly... People draw themselves to you and your music because you're that redemption story, you're that uh, sort of broken soul that mm. people can sort of lean on and go, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and you almost, it, it sounds so cheesy. I can't remember. You, you almost that sort of sign of, like, hope. Yeah. It like, re- it, you really are. It is that, man. It's like a, it's like a life raft for a lot of these people. Like, I, I know that when I was at my very lost like a song can do so much yeah. for you to make you feel like you're not alone i think and that's 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 why i do it like that's yeah i, I love it it's great when i was how do you when you're writing a song mm. and you are writing you know one of your hits when you write do you know do you go like this feels good yeah yeah, you know when you've got something, yeah. Which which one have you written where you're like, this feels pretty good? Well, it's funny because sometimes you think you've got something and then it's uh, you haven't. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> I get that a lot Yeah, I, I put out songs that I've like thought, like literally for months I've been like, this is going to be a fucking massive hit and it's like 200 in the charts. <laughs> uh, which is like fucking pretty soul destroying. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think I knew would say you won't let go because of the buzz internally like around us i actually didn't think that should be the comeback single for me i thought it needs to be some uh, you know like a redemption song like a yeah. like something, a fight song or something that made people like hyped but it was uh turns out that it was a little kind of love song you know and that that's that's great but yeah and I, I think yeah there's there's a song called just us that um i'm about to put out and this is not a shameless plug that i've got a song coming hey, out hey man but, even if it was i wouldn't give a shit this yeah. is great i love this but there, there's there's a same there's a similar buzz about this one uh to to um to say you won't let go i think because it's again it's just a really honest like kind of story you know? when are you releasing it 6th of october yeah I've, yeah I've had a feeling i've had the feeling a few times i actually had a feeling about a song called train wreck which which um the label said wasn't a single and then four years later it became a massive tiktok trend yes. and, and so i felt kind of you know uh i fucking told you yeah i was like Fuck, i knew it was i fucking I'm gonna, knew it was. i'm a <laughs> my own shit from now on uh but yeah what do you think um for anyone listening who is your fan or you know who, who sees this wherever or listens to it if, if they're writing what would you say is the key elements to writing a song writing a good song well, yeah, that's a really that's a really good question, um, and I, I I always kind of give a pretty like blanket answer, which is like authenticity should be should be the um, the yardstick or the sort of the guiding light with with songwriting. If it feels like authentic to you, you know, and it feel like it, you feel it in your gut, that's what you should follow. But I think there's, there's a few things like melody is super important. I don't want to get too like. Um, no, do though, but melody is but melody. Like I often start with melody. Like that's kind of my my um, go to. And just for naive brain, like, would you by melody you mean like the almost the, the tune around it, right? Yeah, exactly. The the tune and the notes and the cadence and and, and, and you know the kind of order that they come in. Because then the writing flows with that. Absolutely, yeah. If I feel some, if I get some kind of emotional reaction from a melody then I feel like it's then the pressure's on to, to to slot the right words into each note, you know what I mean? And, wow. and then then it's about the delivery and, you know, how you sell that lyric and that, you know, and then it's kind of like the perfect storm. It's, it, it's in some ways it's super easy and in some ways it's, it's, it's like really, really other sounds like that makes no sense. But, um, 
I've heard you speaking to another songwriter and he said a similar thing. It's like some songs take like 20 minutes to write because they just fall out it's of you and they just you. feel like, oh, this was just meant to be. It's almost like you, pl you plucked it out of the air kind of thing. And I think, I think that comes with constantly writing and getting like, Ed Sheeran always makes an analogy about it being like a tap that's got dirty water flowing and, and eventually it, it runs clean if you get enough, you know, shit. Out. Out, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, song. It, uh, right. And also patience as well, man. Patience, like your yeah. story, dude. Like mm. people, we live in a in a society where it's like instant all the time, and actually, yeah. just things just take a while. Yeah, and write and write. You know, write about something that you actually understand and get. Don't don't follow trends and go like, oh, Post Malone's doing this, so let's like talk about this. And you know, if you want to write a song about your dog dying, and just just do, just do that, yeah. Who would you like to collab with the most if you could pick anyone? Um, that's a really good question as well. I mean, I, I always, I've always you said... You and Post Malone. That would be cool, yeah. Mate, that would be sick. That would be sick, yeah. That would be sick. Yeah, I love, I love Post. He's, he's quality. Yeah, especially his recent stuff. is sick. Um, you guys together. Yeah, that would be quality, yeah. That feels like a great combo. Absolutely, yeah. But I'd, I've always said I'd, I'd love to be like... The dream would be to be like... Um, to sing the hook on like a Jay-Z song or like a, a Drake or Eminem, one of those big hitters in the hip hop world. Yeah. Because I can't, I, lo I love hip hop as well. And so. And it's, Eminem, and it's genres and things yeah. like mixing as well. And exactly. Stars. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I, Eminem. Lo I love that. Eminem's the, Eminem's the kind of, you know, the God for me. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. Jay, the world tour, when is that happening? Uh, that starts on the 24th of January. Yeah. Ticket? Are there any ticket? We can tickets going. Yeah, I think I think we will probably. Well, I think we're expanding a few of the venues. So just keep an eye on, on my uh, my website, jamesarthurofficial.com. Uh, you can yeah, th you'll get some tickets or, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there'll be tickets available, and also <laughs> so. and music wise, it's in October. We're yeah. we're recording this at the moment in the end of September, so it's going to be releasing next month. Yeah. Shit, man. Brilliant. I'm so, I'm so Number excited. one, baby. It's coming. It's Number coming. one, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You're a radio one, aren't you? Yeah. You put a word I'll in for me. I'll play that Come shit on. all the time. Yeah, man. I'll play it all the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dude, um, listen, i just seen the time. I just want to say a huge thank you. Thank you. I I, I said from the beginning, I, I asked you so long. I just been a huge fan yeah. of yours from, from the sidelines for so long and just followed your journey. It's just amazing, man. I just really appreciate it. So many people do these things, they don't feel like they can be open. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah and I think people just relate to you so much in so many ways. Uh, likewise, dude. Like, I um, I haven't done many of these, but I, I wanted to do this because I think you're a super likable guy. Thanks, man. And I think this podcast is wicked. So thanks, thanks for dude. having me on, man. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Shit, we're going to be best mates. Don't yeah. wait. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Oh, man, that was freaking cool. Let's go to King's Road and have a pint of Guinness. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.